Harsh comes running in behind Morgan, like just basically yelling, Devil, I rebuke thee with the Lord's fire! Um, so you're actually going to do three points of damage to me, which is very significant. It's flying for me. And there's this like hissing, it's just, you hear this like, and then it's like, it's like all the, all of the entire fuel pack just like blows out in like one, one gout. The, uh, the scout's going to scream in obvious pain. You can, you can see where that frame is here on the backside. You can see blisters that form immediately and pop. And when they do this green ichor liquid type thing slides, explodes out of it. It doesn't hit you, but hits the floor and starts to melt it. This acidic blood. Cheese uh, and rice! It is going to leap up into a vent shaft that's there and it's going to force its way in and be gone. Hirsch, uh, uh, I told you to run, damn it. Hirsch reaches down to try and help hold right up and like literally like stops halfway and is just dumbfounded at what he's seeing coming out of Hull right. Uh, so yeah, my my left arm is shredded. Flesh is hanging off of it. The internal mechanics, metallic structure, tubing and wiring is exposed. That thick, viscous white fluid is kind of oozing everywhere. Uh, my shoulder is like out of socket. My arm is like hanging down all spindly and and, and bad. That's what I fell on. So, like, my entire left arm is just shot at this point. We're going to talk about this later, you son of a biscuit. Now get up and let's get going. Uh, well, uh, fine. <coughs> oh, don't get that stuff on me. Don't, don't walk over here where it can get on you. <coughs> and, Thank you. Yeah, and Morgan will kind of throw one arm under his arms and kind of help him kind of make his way down the hallway. Uh, we gotta, we gotta get back to Sig. We gotta, we gotta try to get out of here. You're walking down the hallway. You can hear the receding screams of the creature that you just burned, but they cut off fairly quickly, uh, as though it's kind of semi collected itself. Did you see what happened to the floor? Did you see the floor? Yeah, I. It, ble- blood is bad. Its blood is very. Everything bad. is bad. Holroyd, everything is bad. Well, yes, but especially bad. Hey, we're walking by the armory. How's that door looking? Try and cut into it at this point. <laughs> if you want to, you've used one of your packs. You go again. <laughs> it's it is locked shut. It is, but it's there. Is it like something I can just try to break? Um, you can attempt. Yeah, you can do damage to it. Um, I mean, you want to? No. Uh, uh, let me. Uh, I, this is perfect for what. Let me do this. Go catch up with Sig. I'll be no, right no, no, here. no, no. I'll we're, be right in the hall. We're, we're, we're we got. Ugh. I don't want to leave you alone if that thing comes back. Try to try try to cut try to cut the the locking mechanism, and I'll try to force it. I know how to get a door open. I'm significantly stronger than you. Uh, Herschel like tuned the nozzle back down to like the cutting beam, and then proceed to use the cutting torch as it was intended. To cut through metal and hopefully sever the locking mechanism. Excellent. It is strength and heavy machinery again. Yes, it's an extremely heavy door. Strength and heavy machinery. 
We'll make it too difficult. Um, take two away for how difficult, how heavy a door it is. Can I be helping him, like, by applying pressure on the door as he is cutting into it, like, with a, like, trying to lever it a little bit? I don't, I don't think that would work, per se. That's, I like that's, the idea, but I think that in this particular case... Um, that makes sense. Yeah, I think we're stuck with just the, the cutting torch. Okay, so it was six and number subtracting two, correct? Right. And then you do all of your stress. Of course you, we do. Of course you do. All right, so I have four to roll. Ah, one success, and I get a nervous twitch. My stress level and the stress level of all friendly PCs in the short range increases by one. That's me. So maybe like it sputtered at one point in time and, and you thought it was going to explode in your hands. There, there was a hissing noise coming and it made me like jump to the, to the right, looking down the hall, of course, toward where, you know, where we last saw the thing. Uh, where's Sig? Did Sig come back for this? Is he getting an extra point of stress too or no? I think Sig was still down the hall. Like we kind of stopped at the armory. We didn't really go back to how far Sig made it. Yeah, Sig ran down to the med bay. Okay. Yeah, I was spreading towards the med bay. All righty. Let's uh as you guys cut into it, let's cut to Sig. Ah, uh, and oh, you that, are clever, clever. That's definitely like the screen wipe. As we <laughs> cut the door open, we, we wipe to Sig running to the, the med bay. That's right. Um <laughs> <laughs> All right, so when you get into, there's no issues getting into the med lab. This is the little area that that she is stuck in. There's a clear glass window, heavy heavy duty, uh, tempered, bulletproof window. In fact, there's actually some spider webs from where people have tried to shoot at it at some point in time. Uh, there's a disarray all in this room. Carts have been overturned, and there's different utensils, medical utensils on the floor, and there's blood. There's a examining table right here, and on that examining table is a dead man who's been cut up. There is a dead crab-looking thing on the floor. It's turned over. It's got got these uh, spindly arms that are kind of crunched in as though it kind of shrank into itself when it died. Um, Seafood. You can see a uh, a specimen tube that's off to the side, uh, and there appears to be one that is alive in it. Um, there's some kind of liquid that's in there, and it's kind of thrashing to and fro and hits the glass from time to time. And then there's Comiskey that's just uh, over here behind the locked door uh, crying. You can see him crying. See her, excuse me, see her crying. I think the first thing I'd want to do is uh, when I'm taking all this in is um, I go up to the uh, the specimen tube and I'm looking at that curiously. And then I'm kind of like cutting my eyes over to the to the dock. She's not even quite aware of you yet. She's she's clear, clearly distraught and crying. She hasn't even really, hasn't really registered to her that you're in the room. So you, you said there's like a, a door and I guess a, a panel. Is there any kind of um, tray or something that, you know, has access to the room that she's in? Like you could pass things back and forth. Is there anything like that? There's not. There is an intercom built into the wall that's just like specific for the room. So it's not an intercom that's set up with the rest of the intercoms in the in the building. 
Uh, and the door itself is kind of your standard uh, door. You need key card access. You don't have the key card for it, um, but it's kind of your standard one. With your success earlier, you wouldn't even have to roll for it. You could just have it opened. So I'd like to uh, touch the button on, to, on the, uh, the comm for the room that she's in and talk to her. And before I do that, I kind of look around, make sure I'm alone currently, that the, uh, the other two aren't nearby. And then I'd uh, press the button. Hello, doctor. She looks up startled uh, and sees you through the glass and kind of rushes to um, where the intercom is and breathily. Help me out. Help me out. We'll see. Um, it looks like this time I'm in the superior position. You uh, turned your nose up at me before. She looks at you like she doesn't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, you thought I was just one of the uh, the faceless lab technicians here, but uh, looks like you need me now. What are you doing behind this glass, by the way? I'll give her a little bit of a smile. I just woke up there. I don't help me out. We've got to leave now. I heard the screams. Where is that uh, key card that you have? I'm looking over her person. She gets kind of uh, quiet at that and pulls back a little bit. And you see her demeanor kind of change for a second into kind of a cold, calculating look, kind of crosses her face for a second. And she reaches uh, into her blouse and pulls it out on the on the lanyard and shows it to you and then puts it back. Well, that's good. You have something. I'll click off the button and I'll stop talking to her. And I'm going to look around to see if there's any kind of notes here about why she's in this uh, this room. Oh, that's good. Make an observation roll for me. So that's wits. Okay. So it looks like I have a four in wits and a two in the observation. So that's a six plus my stress. Two success and a panic. Looks like I have a tremble. You start to tremble uncontrollably. All skill rolls using agility suffer a minus two modification until your panic stops. So um, you do find while you're looking around a um, a clipboard and it's got on it notes. And the notes reference one, Adrian Tchaikovsky and... You take it that that's the man that's splayed out on the table behind you. And you start to read the notes, and basically they tell a story about how um, Tchaikovsky woke up uh, one morning with a sore throat and a pain in his chest and came into the med lab uh, thinking that he had a cold or maybe the flu and he seized while he was in the med, med lab, and they tied him down to um, try and keep him from hurting himself. And when that happened, something ripped out of his chest and uh, fled out of the room, and they were unable to find it. I uh, look up from the, these notes as clipboard and cut my eyes over to the doctor. How does she look health-wise? She doesn't look... Horrible, but she doesn't look great. She's clearly distraught, but as you're paying more attention to her, um, you note that there seems to be um, some some level of fraudulence to that distraughtness. It's not completely fake, uh, but it's not 
it's not completely honest either. Um, with your observation rule, you also get to know the answer to one of the following questions. You tell me which one you want to know. Is it coming for me? Are there more of them close by? And well, actually it's just those two. The other one doesn't apply in your situation. So I guess I'd be interested to know if there's others close by. Okay. You've been, you were really, really paying attention uh, when you're looking around. And one of the things that you observed was a kind of scratching noise that seemed to be almost directly underneath you. And you recollected that the uh, vents that you see above you, that there are similar vents right below you that would lead into E1. And as you're listening, you hear kind of a, uh, it's not a growl, but it's something similar to it. And then there's some silence. A uh, very worried look crosses my face. Um, I guess I would uh, go to the hallway and kind of peek my head out and look to the left and right and, and see if I can see uh, where uh, Holroyd and Hirsch are. All right, now let's cut back to Holroyd and Hirsch into the armory. Okie dokie. In the armory. Do we pop the door? You popped the door. I imagine that, like, when Sig looks out the door, you, like, see us, like, you see our, the backsides, like, dropping into the armory. Perfect. And then we cut to the two of you in the armory itself. Uh, the vast majority of the weapons that would be on these racks, and you see racks on racks, you know, stacks on stacks. <laughs> uh, the vast majority are gone. Of course. But in the corner, leaning against the wall, there is a Model 37A2 12-gauge shotgun. And on the floor, on the way out, there is a 357 Magnum revolver. Is there any armor, like any vests or helmets or anything? No armor. All right. You, uh, you take the shotgun. I can't, I can't rack with this. And like my arm is like skeleton dance squiggling from some tendons, but I'll grab the magnum. Look, can you not shake that at me, please? Oh, sorry. Mm. Sorry. Sorry. Are the, you could have told us you were a bot. You know that, right? It, um, it It never came up, right? It wasn't important information at the time. I'm sorry. Look. The situation is is known to the company, but I I think it is more important to get people safe right now. That's what I'm trying to do. That's why I tried to get this thing away from you and Sig. I want you to be safe. So let's screw the company right now. We have to be safe. You have to be safe. Please. So as you're um, handling, as you're picking up the uh, the Magnum. After uh, Hirsch has taken the shotgun, you hear echoing through the vents and echoing through the building itself um, some responding calls that were in response to the scream that this creature um, let out. Um, And you can't tell where they're coming from and you can't tell how many there are, but it's clearly... It's clearly at least three. It's clearly from at least three different directions, but it is, it's brief and then it's gone. Is the gun loaded as I pick it up? Yes. Okay. 
Uh, so hearing the noise, like I freeze for a second. Okay, um, this is going to get worse and worse. I'm betting Kamitsky is is infected. I, I, we can't afford to get her off the base, but we, we need her key card. If we can get the key card and you and Sig can get away, I will hold them off of you so you can escape. Let's try to go. Plans are so good. You might be a bot, but we can all still go. Let's just all try to go. I mean, Let's all try to go. We will all try to go, but if push comes to shove, you need to survive. So let's go. Uh, are there shells with the shotgun, or is, it, is the shotgun already loaded and that's what we've got? So the way we do um, ammo in <coughs> Alien is that we don't worry about it too much. Okay. Um, what we say is that we have uh, reloads. Right. So with both of the 357 and the shotgun, there are two reloads. So you've got uh, your ammo, and then you've got two reloads. Every time you use one of those weapons, you have to roll to see if you used any of your ammo. And if you did, I mean, obviously you did. So at some point in time, I'll probably just tell you you did. But I did not up until that point. You kind of do that to keep track of it. I did not roll to see if I used up a power pack when I cut into the door. Oh yes, you did do that. Please, thank you for reminding me. And what am I rolling there? Just one d six. Um, how many do you have? Three d six. I yeah. think you said last time. We no, so three. this time it'd be two d six, right? Yep, two. Okay. So roll two and see if you get a a, a one. I did. So another power pack gone. One power pack left for our trusty cutting torch. Alrighty. So uh, we've, we've gotten the weapons. We've had our conversation. I, I think we're kind of having this conversation as we go down the hallway towards the med bay and SIG. Where SIG is looking out at you and waiting for you to arrive. As I see the two of them uh, approach, I uh, quickly duck my head back into the med lab um i'm looking at the the living specimen is that something in a like a tube or something i could take with me uh yeah i mean it's pretty big you'd have to uh what kind of stuff do you have on you right now i've got a med kit and a lab coat that's the only type of gear you'd have to you'd probably have to drop the med kit to take it with you hmm is there any kind of um table or anything here in the in the uh the med lab a like, a, like a like a like a table on wheels or anything like that. There's one. It's been tossed to the ground with everything else that's been tossed, and uh, as a result, one of the four wheels is broken off. Okay. If I look at that, uh, you know, thinking through my head, I'd really like to take one of these with me. That would be really up my uh, status with the scientific community, with the corporation. Uh, I guess I hear the footsteps of uh, my two companions. Yes. Nearby now. Yes, and you also heard the uh, screams—not uh, the screams, but the calls of the uh, the other um, aliens that so are like rattling through the vent system. Those cries. Yep. Uh, I guess I'll uh, meet them at the uh, entranceway to the the med lab. Uh, Sig, are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. Um, I read some notes about the the doc here, who's definitely in quarantine. Um, I I think something's wrong with her. Uh, these creatures look like they, some of them rip out of people's bodies. So you can't help but notice as, as Holroyd walks up that his left arm is completely dead and dangling and is absolutely mechanical. 
I, uh, there's a look of shock that uh, rolls over my face. My eyes go wide as I'm looking at the, the milky stuff uh, kind of squirting out of you. Yeah. You're sorry. an android. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. Um, but look, I, I, I want you all to be safe. I, I want to get you boys out of here safe. So what, what were you saying about how, the doc? How, how much of that white stuff can you lose? Uh, I Maybe we should stop that. We said, can we tie those off or something? Yeah, we could do that real quick. Sig, can you uh, can you cinch those up? I'll uh, give it a shot. Um, what are we doing about the the dock in the meantime? It sounds like those creatures are are coming this way. Are you trying? Hold on, let me. I was looking at something. Were you trying to uh, repair uh, the android? Yeah, or at least stop the leaking fluid or something along those lines. So the android can repair himself. Um, oh, I can? I didn't know that. It's a Comtech role. It takes some time to do it. Okay, so when Hirsch says that, I'm like, okay, so, I mean, it's not going to kill me. I, I can take care of it, but it's going to take time. I don't think we have time. So maybe we can just tie my arm up in the sling well, here for a second. While we're figuring out what to do with the doc, why don't you stop that stuff from coming out of you. So okay. about this time, something happens. Oh boy. You um, are having this conversation about what to do in terms of healing and, and uh, fixing the Android and what are we going to do about the dock? And you happen to hear this kind of thump. And if you look up, uh, you'll note that the dock is no longer visible through the window at the med lab. Um, at the same time that you hear that thump from the med lab area, you also hear a call similar to the ones that you just heard, but this one, a single one, and it is close by. Uh, everybody, we need to back into the back of the wall of the, uh, the med lab here. We, the, the, the doc has the key card to, to the transport though, right? Yeah, we're going to have to get that for sure, but uh, sounds like we may have some more pressing matters. Oh, uh, boy. We're getting tested today. We've had enough testing, Lord. I hate tests. Never liked them. Uh, you can see I'm kind of trembling, by the way, from uh, this whole experience lately. So if we look into the lab, is the doctor collapsed on the floor? Yes, and she is seizing. There's see her froth, key card. Froth coming out of her mouth. It's white, uh, uh, but as you're watching, it turns red. Uh, okay, well. Uh, Are you watching by yourself, or is everybody else with you? I think uh, Sig being curious is uh, fascinated and probably uh, has one eye looking at the, the seizure and the other eye looking on the, the doorway for the, into the med lab. Hirsch is staring at the, like, eyes darting to the ceiling, to the doors, to the ceiling, to the doors, like, not paying attention to the dock at all. Excellent. So uh, the two of you that are looking at the dock, her seizures get worse. Uh, the foam is now uh, almost, like, spitting uh, a little bit, uh, and then her body kind of jerks, heaves itself off the floor a few inches, and then down, and then heaves itself off the floor again, and then down, and you see a red patch that starts to grow on her chest. Oh, and God. Oh, then God. One more time, and something comes out of her, and you can see it moving underneath her shirt. And then one more time, and it comes out and rips through her shirt, and it's a little runner. Oh, motherfucker. It looks looks very similar to what y'all just saw, but (laughs) much, much smaller. 
Language, Holroyd. Hey. Oh, that, that is, that's nasty. Oh. Oh. Did we take more stress for that? Yes, you did. I think you we took more stress for it. It was reasonable. But not Hirsch because he's too busy looking at everything else. <laughs> so is is the runner like contained in the office right now or is it darting away? Um, it's looking for a place to go, um, but has not been able to find a place. Uh, well, I was going to say we get the key card off of her, but I vote against that now. Shit. There's the like, the good thing is that there's not much in that room, so you can keep your eye on it. It's not um, able to hide, uh, so to speak. There's no um, She woke up in there by herself. Uh, there's one table, but it's um, secured to the floor, and so the only place that it can go that it doesn't that you wouldn't see it is behind that table. Sick is looking to see where she tucked her uh, key card earlier. Is that visible at all? Um, it, it is actually. Whenever it popped through her chest, it popped the uh, key card to the side. So now the key card and the lanyard are kind of hanging off the side of her neck. Key card's on the ground. You can easily see it. It's clearly in one piece. Sega looks at the two of them. You guys have weapons, so you got into the armory, obviously. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we did. Yep. yep. Uh, did y'all close the door to the med lab when y'all came in? I think it's still open right now. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, I, open. We I don't think, we, I don't think we're that smart. So about this time, <laughs> you hear a very similar noise to the one that you heard uh, when you first broke into uh, B Block. Um, but this is this is definitely louder. And what moves into the doorway is much bigger. Um, this thing is on two feet, and. It has a longer, elongated face. And uh, in addition to the claws on its hands, you can see the sharp uh, barbs uh, sticking out of its elbows as well. And it has a tail that's whipping behind it. Uh, And you can tell that that's what the noise is that you heard. And the tail has this huge barb at the end of it. And it roars at you. And when it roars at you, it opens its mouth. And another mouth comes out of its mouth and snaps, and then it comes back in, and it takes a step into the room. And this is where we would normally do initiative, and initiative is based on card draws, which is real pain in the butt. So we're just going to do kind of the old-fashioned roll for initiative. And since there's only four of us, I guess we will roll. You guys have a D20 close to you? If not, we'll roll I do. D6s. I do not, but I can get one. Let's just do D6s then. All right. I got a three. I got a one. Six. All right. I got a six as well. So uh, the alien is going to attack first, uh, followed by Hirsch, and then uh, the android, and then lastly our valiant, totally selfless, totally selfless. Uh, doctor, only thinking of others, definitely not thinking of himself. So the alien walks into the room and launches itself at Hirsch because Hirsch is the closest one. Oh, buddy. Jesus, take the wheel. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. It grabs your shoulders and opens its jaws wide, just like you saw. 
the jaws and the jaws inside the jaws come shooting out. And let's see what kind of damage it does to you. Oh, I have an idea. <laughs> Zero. Hey, it just possible. gives you a little kiss. It's always possible. I haven't done a lot of damage lately. The times they are a changing. Oh no. Oh no. You all watch in horror as it lifts her shot, opens its jaws wide, and this little jaws inside shoot through his face and out oh. brains fly and hit the wall behind him because neither one of you were there, so luckily you didn't get it. But both of you have stress increased by one at that point. I like to think that they're out of focus. Hirsch's body like kind of drops to the ground out of focus. And then what you see is the little crucifix necklace like bounce across the floor plate in focus. <laughs> the beads, yes. the beads yes. of the rosary like scatter. Yes. Hirsch! And the critics say that it's a ripoff of when Batman's parents got killed, but that's okay because we still love it. <laughs> and then nerds argue about it on the internet forever. Forever. All right. It is Holroyd's turn. Uh, I, I'm, I'm just going to unload my pistol at its general direction of its face. Hush! <laughs> <laughs> All righty. Is it is it just possible that the the shotgun might have like clattered across the floor and like landed at six feet? I would like to think that it it did clatter across the floor, but it is between the alien and Sig. So if he's brave enough to go for it, he can get it. It's not in his hands, but it's within his reach if he wants to make make that ballsy move to go after it. All right. All right. So. Ranged combat is my agility plus the ranged combat, which is seven. And then you're going to plus one. You get an extra dice for the actual gun itself. Okay. So that is eight. I also have eight stress. (laughs) So here we go. Uh, That says no successes. If I remember correctly, there's a mechanic where I can re-roll. That's right. I'm going to do that thing. Got to add another stress die. Okay. So hit the reroll button, and I, <laughs> I still didn't get any successes, but I am now panicked and catatonic. Oh. Yes. This, this is rapidly going downhill for us. No. It's been going downhill for the last, like, two hours. It's actually, it's actually, I said no, 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 but I think it's literally no, because synthetics do not panic. Ooh. Oh, well, well. So that is your that is your positive. But you didn't succeed. That is that is so many dice you and no successes. Yeah, you also can't push. And oh. so the way we would normally do this is if we knew that you were synthetic from the beginning, we'd play you with synthetic the whole way, which would mean that you can't panic, you can't suffer stress, and um, you can't push. So once we had like this big reveal, so after, after this big reveal... We're doing away with all of your stress. Oh, biscuits. So from this point on, you have no stress. You just have your base. Um, and you can't get stress and you can't push, uh, but you never make any panic rolls. So you are good to go. You just didn't, you just didn't hit me. Now I want you to uh, roll um, 
two D sixes to see if you lose some of your ammo. I did not get a one on either of those two dice. Yay! So you you take a couple of shots, uh, however many you want to say you take, but uh, none of them hit. They all just kind of hit the wall behind where the alien is standing. And six, up to you. So it sounded like from the narration earlier that um, Hirsch is definitely dead or severely hurt. Like, what's, oh, no, what's the status? Dead. He's, super he's dead. dead. He's super dead. dead. Brains he's out the dead. back. <laughs> yeah, silvery, like, you know, meta- metallic silvery, tiny mini mouth popped through the back of my head. How much damage did you roll for that, Al? I'm curious. Okay, so uh, there's this, this. What I really love about this game is the aliens, obviously. Clearly. The reason I love the aliens is because when you attack with an alien as the mother or the DM, there are some attacks that, if they are successful, automatically kill. Oh, shit. And this is one of them. <laughs> so, um, this is really the only one, but it is an automatic kill. All I have to do is do any damage. Uh, since you have no armor, you don't even have a chance to, to, to balance it. If you had armor, you could theoretically balance it, and then you can maybe live. But as long as there's damage done with this particular attack, you are dead. So, Well, you know, Al, thanks for the game. <laughs> um, I look forward to playing with you again. I love this game. <laughs> Let's see how the rest of the group does. <laughs> so Sig is darting his eyes around this uh, med bay. Is there any kind of like, I don't know, uh, freezing gas or anything like that that might be useful in a fight here? Uh, I see the shotgun, but it's a little far away from me. Okay, so I, if you want, uh, if you want to roll an observation roll, um, basically that would be kind of a search. Uh, and I'll let you do it. And that my you, my action, so to speak? Right, exactly. That would be your action. You wouldn't be able to do anything past that. I guess uh, Sig would be thinking, I'm not really good with firing weapons. Uh, maybe there's a, something in here I can use. So let me go that route. Well, you said observation. Yes. Let's see. And I, I am have... going to say that in this particular case, with this thing right here, you're going to lose two die because it is definitely distracting you. Sure, that's fair. So that's minus two. One success and a panic eye freeze. You're frozen by fear or stress for one round, losing your next point of your next point of action. Okay, so with the success, roll do two d sixes for me. A three and a three, zero success. Okay, um, no, that just is to see what kind of item you found. Okay, um, so you do notice that against the wall. There is a, it's a surgical tool, but effectively it is what you would use to crack bones. And so essentially, if you can get to it, and it's further away than, than the shotgun, but if you can get to it, then you have a secondary weapon that you can use in close combat that would potentially do some damage. It's like a big lobster sheller. Yeah, pretty much. All right. Well, I'm uh, frozen with fear right now, so... uh I take that in, but uh, I'm very stiff with fear. My eyes are wide, trembling. So the uh, uh, the alien at this point in time steps over the body of our dearly departed Hirsch, turns its attention solely onto the android, lets out a roar, and attacks. And let's see what happens. So 
when it gets close to you, it sees that you are not the same as the other creatures in here. And so it starts to rattle its tail more than what you saw before. And it spreads its arms wide and it hisses at you. Uh, but it decides that it's, it, but it does not attack at that point in time. Uh, instead, it raises the stress level of you and, uh, well, you don't have any stress, but it raises the stress level of SIG. Okay. And now it is uh, the android's turn. Would I be able to pick up the shotgun with uh, it and no. still shoot? No. No. I, I would say that you could probably get to it if you wanted to, but the problem is that uh, the way this uh, alien approached you, it essentially walked between you and the shotgun. Gotcha, so if gotcha. you want to get to the shotgun, I'll let you do it, but you won't be able to do anything else. Um, the only positive to that is that it puts you in a different position with regards to the alien. Okay. It's, I mean, it's like right in my proximity. I, it, it's right. not like it's far away, right? Right. And it kind of turned away from me a, a smidge. A little bit, yeah. A little bit. Okay. Can I just point blank shoot it? Like, I'm just going to put the pistol on it and fire. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Yeah, you can. Why wouldn't I just do that? Yeah. <laughs> um, because it's a pistol and because of how close it is, you are not going to get the plus one, but that doesn't really matter. You still get everything else. All right. So, well, really then all I'm rolling is my agility plus my ranged combat. Yes, sir. So, seven. Seven. Well, two successes. I think it's the first time I've been successful tonight. All right. You want to do extra damage? With yes, the please. Success? Yeah. Okay, so the... Um, the 357 does two damage, and you have another one that's three damage, and I will roll my armor to see if you actually did the damage. Isn't it fun to be an alien? You get to roll armor and everything. What a jerk. Oh, and this one's a big... But it's a blast, Al. It is a blast. This is the funnest game to be a, a, a DM or the mother for. This is that's a lot of dice you're rolling. What the yeah. hell? <laughs> On the plus side... I came uh, so into this two, expecting to die. So your first exactly your first two shots don't appear to do any damage, uh, but the third one uh, does punch a hole uh, in the chest. Um, it doesn't do much to the uh, to the alien. It just kind of roars louder at you, but it does it does punch that hole. Um, some acid kind of splashes out. And then, do I need to roll for the pistol again? Uh, yes. Is that two dice again or three? You lost one last time, right? Good. No, you didn't. You did not. I did not. So it's two. It's two. Okay. Uh, Neither was a one. All right. Still got two to go then. All right. And no no action from from Sig because he's still frozen for this turn. Right. But you'll be able to move next turn. Uh, We're right here engaged. And so the alien's going to attack you again. Me? Yep. You. Who else would he attack? I was hoping he wouldn't care because I'm not food. But I did just shoot it. So So there's something about you. Something about you that really bothers this thing. It does something that you would never, never have thought it would do. Give me a big smoochie. No. It leaps. It's right in front of you, but it still kind of leaps. And when it leaps, it whips its tail around itself 
okay? It whips its tail around itself and rips itself in half. And acid blood goes splashing on you and I'm sorry, Sick. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> now, this is not the end of the world. It's actually probably pretty good for you because most of the time those acid attacks don't really kill you. They just do some damage. But we'll see. Now, and didn't Holroyd make a big speech about, you guys got to get out of here live? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I tried. Did you, though? Did you? Not for me to decide. <laughs> so higher power will judge us. Yeah, that's exactly the answer that Morgan would have given you. <laughs> Guys, I was wrong. I was so wrong. You both take 17 points of damage. <laughs> oh, it's oh, fine. So, as, so as acid it hurts the... more. Acid's worse than you thought. <laughs> that's not a big deal. Oh, wait a so minute. So wrong. So wrong. <laughs> the opposite. Oh, man. So that that definitely means I'm broken. Uh, I don't know if I guess I need to make a roll at this point. I had I had four health left, uh, so that's negative thirteen. I think I'm dead. Ah, but it turns out that white fluid is a counteracting the acid. <laughs> it's aloe vera. <laughs> All right, I've got moisturizer coursing through my veins. <laughs> Hour of desert plants will save me. I can do it. I can survive all of this. I swear. Uh, Glad you got that med pack. Right. It'll be so handy right now. Okay. So effectively, I mean, effectively you're going to be dead, but let's go ahead. Let's see what happens. Let everybody roll a, a critical, a critical injury roll. Let's see what happens. How do we how, do that? How do we do that, Al? You roll two sixes and then tell me what they are. Well, roll one six first. That's going to be your 10. And then one another six, that's going to be your ones. So like, uh, it's a D66, but do it with two sixes. First one's your tens and second one's your ones. A D66. Oops, I did something wrong. You probably added it together instead of doing it separately. You may have to do this one by hand. 26 for me. Uh, 51. Oh, nice. So uh, you busted a kidney. Got some nice acid that just got to your kidney directly. Uh, and that acid, like, totally melted off your... Actually, I, I take it back. Uh, Caleb, you roll just 1d6 and tell me what it is. Six. All right, you... Uh, this is a system shutdown for you. You have... Yay, I'm dead! You're not dead, because you don't die, but you are done. I'm you're, effectively you're... dead! You're Let me die, Al. <laughs> you can be a witness for the future people that come across. Al, let me die. <laughs> and you're broken. You've got the kidney issue that's really going to be tough. The, the problem is that there's not really a mechanism for you to survive this because I would just attack you over and over again. So you're done. So maybe the... As a little, the like, as a little, that was a little anticlimactic. But, as Holroyd's <laughs> system shut down, you see the big alien like towering over Sig, and you see that, you know, the, that tail whip around and slam down and the mouth come out and pop, and then the other two aliens come out of vents in the ceiling and just start... And um, as um, your um, vision, um, like, fades, and then like it goes, the, the shutdown... <laughs> Roll credits. <laughs> yeah. 
All right. Well, I guess that's the end of our game. I believe that was Hope's last day. It was Hope's last day. That's the that's the beauty of the game. It's like uh, you can do so well, but it really just takes one bad run-in with an alien and you're I feel like this would be great as like a DCC game if we had like one character sheet with like four characters on it. We had our own little, you know, each every person got a little marine squadron. That would be fun, actually. That's a fantastic idea. That would be a lot of fun. A lot of rolling, but it'd be a lot of fun. All right. So this was a great game. Al, thank you so much for running. Thank Jerry, you, Michael, thank you so much for playing thank with you. us. So let's chat a little bit about the game before we get out of here tonight. I have never played the Aliens role-playing game before, so this is my absolute first experience. Me too. Al, oh, okay, Michael, so this is brand new for you. Al, you're a veteran. You've played this before. Jerry, what about you? I've played it once before. Okay. So from my experience, I feel like thematically, this is exactly on par with what I expect from the Aliens universe. Uh, it's The roles are challenging. The stress mechanic really kind of heightens that sci-fi uh, horror feel. Um, so I think mechanically, this 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 sample adventure gave us a great experience of a lot of dice rolling. We got to see the aliens. We got to see how terrible this place was. It thrust us right into the thick of the action. So since the whole premise of this sample adventure concept is to say, does this effectively teach us the game? I think this was successful. I think um, so. Michael, yeah, what, what are your feelings yeah. here? Um, I think, you know, I came into this, I'd not played it before, but I've heard from multiple people about how well this sets up that that vibe. It captures the feeling of the movies, of the universe. Um, and also, again, that it is a very deadly game. You know, that if the players make it out of a particular scenario, a lot of the time it is by the skin of their teeth or it is by sheer luck of the dice. And I did get that feeling here, you know, from from the jump. It was very clear that we were in a very bad situation yeah. and that the likelihood of us making it out was slim at best. And I liked that. I enjoyed like it's kind of the playing the futility of it, right? Like mm -hmm. we saw that big alien come in the door and we knew there were going to be a couple more. And yeah, you know, as a player, I was like, this is going to be great. But I, I also was like, there's no way we make it out of this room alive. <laughs> this is it. Now it's, it, it's kind of an interesting uh, dynamic here because we as players, we know the alien movies. We know how, how deadly they are. We know how killer they are. Uh, we know mechanically what's going on all the time, but I think the mechanics in this game also support that in-character realization. The stress track really mechanically shows us we know we're getting, we know we're in a worse situation. We know something bad is going to happen. And I liked how also mechanically then you had those stress effects that helped mm -hmm. influence your role play. Like, did you barely escape even like the, there were, there were chances when you could not get a, even if you made a panic roll, you would not have an effect of that panic. And that tells you, okay, you barely survived. That helps you inform the role play or you made the role successful or not, but you're catatonic or you're trembling. And then there may or may not be mechanical 
impacts. I think that is a very nicely done mechanic to help you uh, get into that feeling of the game. I think even the way you roll the dice, you're rolling a, a pool of D6s, but only sixes are good and only ones are bad. Hmm. Like even that futility of, can I get a six? Yeah. Uh, it's it's a game of extremes. Yes. And I, I and uh, correct me if I'm wrong here, Al, but I believe for almost any role, you only need one success to be successful, right? Um, it should be any role, uh, actually. I think I have mistakenly played it otherwise <laughs> before, but I think generally the way it's written, it is that you just need to succeed. Okay. And where you modify is not by how many successes or how it's by how little or how much dice you get to roll. Right. So that if you have a positive modification, you're rolling more dice. If you have negative modification, you're rolling less dice, but you're still just trying to get to that one success mm-hmm. uh, to be successful. And that also informs the desperate horror driven you're, whether you're driving a car or rewiring something or shooting somebody, you only need that one success that tells us as players, it's not, okay, I rolled a D20 and I got 45, but the DC was 10. Like it's, Oh, can I get that one success? That, that gut feeling is right there. So Al, Jerry, since you've played before, what's your, what are your feelings about this starter adventure, the sample adventure? Does it give us as players or as GMs enough to really experience all that you can do in the game? And does it help you want to do more? Well, I, I feel like uh, the scenario, the way it's set up, uh, it really evokes the alien movies. And you feel like from the get-go, the desolation, things are grim and are going to get grimmer. And um, it, it feels like just how long can you last? Uh, how long can you survive until you, you die? It feels how it's, it's set up. And, you know, to dovetail on what was said earlier, uh, Caleb, I like the, the stress mechanic a lot. I mean, you roll those dice, and you have a better chance of succeeding at your roll. But, you know, if you get the, uh, the face hugger things, your stress is going to go up, your panic's going to go up, and you have these effects like you lose your, your turn and, I mean, it just starts to quickly spiral downward for you. Very high yeah. risk reward from those dice. Exactly, yeah. Jerry, when you played previously, um, was it? do you remember what scenario it was by chance? So it was this one, and uh, I was trying not to metagame as best I could. We had a larger group. There were six of us. Mm. And uh, we actually managed to get out. Um, the uh, Holroyd uh, kind of did what Caleb was doing and kind of... Uh, kind of stepped in and kind of held the alien back for a while and the rest of us we had the weapons at that point from the armory and we able to we were able to um damage it enough so it fled and then we went into the uh the garage and got the vehicle i was playing the um pilot whose name escapes me right now and um we just got the heck out of there and uh there were like, I think like 50 of the aliens chasing us in our vehicle (laughs) all the way back to the shuttle. And then when we got on the shuttle, is that okay if I do spoilers for for what happens later? Spoiler warning, everybody. Spoiler warning. We didn't get there, so I think it's good. Yeah. (laughs) All right. So yeah, spoilers. So we got on the shuttle and there were aliens there too already. So Uh. we like booked it into the cockpit, shut the cockpit door. Um, I think a couple of us got hurt like uh, trying to reach the cockpit before the door shut. Um, 
And uh, then we lifted off. So we survived. And um, did we lose one player or none? I think we lost one person. But we managed to to get away. But there were some of the aliens in the back uh, uh, messing around. So um, I don't know. That I guess we could have, like, got off planet and then maybe the ship would have gone, got acid on it and could have, you know, crashed. I don't know. It's kind of fun at the end uh, with this scenario. If you do manage to get away, what the, uh, what the book says basically is that you're never heard from again. (laughs) You may have survived, but within the context of the, the alien universe, you're, you're gone. You disappeared. You won, but you, but you disappeared. Uh, and that's just, uh, I guess, to uh, try and keep you in line with uh, the events and aliens and stuff. But um, I just think it's kind of funny because, uh, you know, you survive. And like you're saying, I, who knows if you actually are going to make it anywhere. You you just got off. Exactly. I, oh, I, Wayland Utani definitely would have picked us up <laughs> and we still would never have been heard from again. <laughs> that's, that's true. I very much like with these pre-generated characters for the sample adventure. It gave everyone relationships, rivals, and buddies. It also gave everyone some nice backstory. Not an in-depth story, but why they were here on the station and what some of their ulterior motives were. So, like, for me, with Holroyd, his ulterior motives were basically he kind of flipped the script and wanted to save the people, even though he was a company man. And if I remember correctly, Jerry Sig was trying to get a a sample so that he could earn some clout with the company. I'm trying to advance in the scientific community of the corporation. You know, the, you know, in terms of the sample, in terms of it being a sample adventure, it definitely gives you a taste of all the mechanics. Mm-hmm. It definitely throws you right in there. Um, but I would say that the difference between running this and running one of their, one of their cinematic scenarios, the, uh, Chariot of the Gods or uh, Destroyer of Worlds, the biggest difference between those two would be like the difference between a short story and a novel or a short story or short short uh, video, a short film versus a full-length film. This one, you know, is really designed for you to lose. Um, I mean, even, even the way it's written is basically like, well, you know, if you're players take too long, then something else should happen. And, you know, and that's essentially what happened to y'all. Y'all were sitting there talking uh, about what you're going to do next for so long that, you know, just reading it, it's like, you should have something happen. Okay. Well, there's this alien that was down there. Now he's up here and good luck with that. But it's, it is definitely meant to be a one shot too. Whereas the other ones are three to five shots. They're three to five sessions. And so you have much more time to develop that relationship, which is really cool. When you can really develop the relationship with your rivals and your buddies, that is that is a lot of fun because you just kind of get to where you're, uh, especially with rivals, you're almost like acidic toward each other. It's it's you know you gotta you gotta be careful, right? Because some people have a hard time with that with role play, but mm-hmm. uh, but it's really kind of fun to watch uh, when it happens. And so so this is great for a sample adventure. But it doesn't give you quite the full flavor, I would say. I'd say gotcha. it gives you like 80% of the flavor. But there's another 20 that's really kind of cool out there that you can delve into. When I was playing before, um, I was playing, the name came to me, Singleton, the, the pilot. 
I had a piece of gear on me, which I thought made a huge difference to our survivability. I had the, the tracker and um, I activated that early on. So we kind of knew when something insidious was nearby and could kind of avoid to a degree that, or kind of prepare. Uh, that, I think that made a huge difference in our survivability as a group. Yeah. All right. Well, I think this was a great sample adventure. I think it really gave us a taste of the mechanics solidly fulfilled and delivered on uh, the flavor of the genre and the universe. I think it left us wanting more from a bigger story and extra mechanics. And I think as an adventure, as it was written start to finish, it was very effective. Uh, In this case, it was very much a, you're going to lose no matter what, but the story carried through start to finish. Uh, Even Al, as you were saying, the, hey, you're taking too long, let's throw some more bad stuff at you it still fits the story it still fits the universe it wasn't just arbitrary let's force the players along it was but it very much fit the style of the game and the genre and the story so i'm going to consider that very effective how often have any of us watched a movie that's similar to this where there is a life-threatening situation happening and you are constantly yelling at the screen you do not have time to have this conversation right now (laughs) what are you doing here right right I, I'm going to consider this a, a very successful sample adventure. I think this was a great game overall, start to finish. Highly recommend this game. Highly recommend this adventure as a sample. Thank you, everybody, for playing. Thank you for any listeners, past, present, future. Uh, let's do some sign-offs here. Al, let's start with you. Where can we find you out there on the internet? All right. Um, I'm Alan, Big Al, Nicholas. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Big Al the Lawyer. Uh, and you can find me on the RPG Academy Discord if you happen to be on that. I'm pretty active there. And otherwise, I'm disappearing into the ether. Jerry, what about you? I uh, don't really do social media for the most part, but um, you can find Smart me on. Man. <laughs> you can find me on uh, Discord uh, on the at the RPG Academy, or I'm uh, pretty active on the Star Wars RPG uh, community, uh, listed as a full uh, parentheses Jerry. All right. Michael. Well, I'm Michael. You can find me on social media at LoserMLW. You've probably seen me on a couple of things here at the RPG Academy already. I'm also, uh, I do the Redemption Podcast, which is redemptionpodcast.com. It's an actual play Star Wars campaign. We are coming into season eight, which will be our last season. Um, And then you can also find me uh, coming back, I believe, in July on the Identico channel on Twitch, along with our handsome... Mr. Caleb G, the Caleb G, uh, playing in the Chaos Inc. stream using the identical role-playing system. Yes, absolutely. Very much looking forward to that game coming back. I myself, uh, I am on the socials at the Caleb G. You can hear me here. You can hear me on Identico. Uh, Hopefully some more stuff coming down the road as we get some more time to jump back on the mics. You can also follow my charity work at point five past dot org on the socials p the number five past uh, that is a charity project where we release games gaming and entertainment content with the hopes that if you like what you read hear, or use you will make a donation to a charity instead of sponsoring us give the money to them right now we are working with pelotonia an outstanding cancer research charity that is 0.5 past.org And from all of us here at the RPG Academy, thank you so much for listening. We have a lot of fun doing this. 
but we want to take a second and remind all of you listeners, uh, if something you love isn't fun anymore, that might be a sign that you're going through something that you need some help. It is a-okay to ask for help to uh, address your mental well-being, incredibly crucial in this day and age. Um, all of our podcasts, all of our shows will start to carry and are carrying links to a variety of mental health and personal well-being supports, uh, support structures, support contacts, hotlines. Please, 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 if you feel any need, please reach out. We love you. We are here together as a community for each other, but don't be afraid to talk to a professional. Therapists are very good at their job and they are here to help you. From all of us here at the Academy, we love you. Thank you so much for listening. Stay weird, drink your water, take care of yourself. Have a great time. Thank you. And we will see you later on. Remember, if you're having fun, you're doing it right. There it is. Oh, I almost got fired. I almost got fired for forgetting to do my job. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the RPG Academy podcast. We do this show out of love for the hobby and the desire to be ambassadors, welcoming more people into this community. All of our website content will always be free to use and utilize, but there are expenses related to the show. And if you enjoy what we do here, then please consider supporting us in some way. You can do so as simply as rating or reviewing us on iTunes or your podcatcher of choice. If you're going to purchase anything through Amazon or DriveThruRPG, consider using our affiliate links first, and then we'll get a small percentage sent back to us. You can do a single direct donation through PayPal using the paypal.me slash the RPG Academy, or consider joining our Patreon campaign at patreon.com slash the RPG Academy. And for a donation as low as $1 a month, you'll get access to lots of extra goodies, including bonus minisodes, invites to monthly one-shot games, one-sheet adventures, and more. Please consider following us on Twitter and Facebook, or join our Discord, where we like to try to keep the conversation going with our fans as best we can, and are always looking to talk and chat more. Or do none of that. Just continue to listen and enjoy our show. Because honestly, that's enough. Thanks. And remember, if you're having fun, you're doing it right. We'll see you next time. The music used for our intro and outro is Fly a Kite by Spectacular Sound Productions, used under the Creative Commons Attribution Share Alike License.